everybody. It's Meg. Um, just before we get into this episode, I wanted to jump on and give a quick little content warning. Um, we do cover the topics of some pretty serious stuff here. So just a content warning for death and murder and serious mental health crises and also demons. So just be wary of that if you are scared of them. Um, and also all jokes aside, this involves the murder of an entire family at some point. So some pretty sensitive subject matter. Uh, this, you know, tragedy rocked a community for decades. It's a very serious thing that happened. So before we chat about the hoax of it all and be our little bullshitty selves, I wanted to take a minute and keep the victims in mind. Uh, we also wanted to provide some resources for anybody who is, you know, going through some stuff. So if you are suffering from any sort of serious mental health crises, call the National Helpline 24-7, 365 days a year at 1-800-662-4357 or the National Suicide Hotline at 988. And we love you and we hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the rest of your vodka. like 10 percent whatever yeah. what were they called the junes i'm already like i've been drinking it for like what 10 15 minutes we've been chatty yeah chatty so it's already halfway gone so by I the, think it's more than half by the end well yeah i guess you're right by the end of this podcast i'll probably be a different person but oh kind of like uh possession mm-hmm. um guys happy spooky summer yes Grab your vodka and your bestie because we're about to go on a spooky journey. Um, I don't know if you guys listened before, but we have always said that spooky season actually starts June 1st and then Halloween is in October. (laughs) Sorry, I'm joking. (laughs) We we decided that. (laughs) Because there's nothing like, you know, warm weather and like wanting to sit outside and tell a ghost story. Listen, ghosts are around all year. Yeah. So whoever thinks they just come out in October, I'm educating you. Honestly, the spookiest times of year is like from June 1st until October 31st and then December. Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, guys. And then nothing ever happens in the winter because we're in the North. Because everything is just dead and Yeah. And nobody, nobody wants to go out and do any spooky things when it's negative degrees out. Yeah. So, anyway. That's our, that, those are our thoughts. So that's but it's true, right? Who brought us here. Yes. I, trust me, I stand by it. Like, think about it, guys. Like, uh, a campfire at night, you're wearing flannel. You're also wearing story. jean shorts. <laughs> it's just like. Listen, the bugs come out. That's scary enough. <laughs> yeah. You're just like telling ghost stories with your friends around a fire. That's the vibe. So, spooky summer. Uh, each week this month for having a vodka, we will cover a different topic. Um, whether it be like a movie review or like a deep dive into a haunting. We also want to say happy pride month. Oh, happy pride month, guys. This is not a pride dedicated Cheers to being gay. one, but. <laughs> yes, we obviously, oh my God. that's The gays and the ghouls. 
That needs to go on a t-shirt. Well. Somebody tells him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Happy Pride Month, you guys. Uh, we love you. You are valid and iconic also. Mm-hmm. TBH. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Well, I kind of bogarted the first episode for a spooky season mm-hmm. uh, because recently I went to one of the most haunted places in America, Long Island. <laughs> Sounds like you're being dramatic. I, I am being dramatic. That, like, literally one of my notes on this is, like, isn't it just funny to think this happens in Long Island? Guys, we're talking about Amityville Horror. The Amityville Horror House, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, like, the movie. Really just, like, the whole concept of what happened in Amityville in 1974. Yeah, the real I have some really fun facts about both, like, the book and the actual, like, occurrence. And that's a word, right? Occurrence? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, like, both movies that came out. So it's just kind of like an Amityville Horror week. <laughs> um, yes! <laughs> we actually it's watched... It's Pride Week and it's Amityville Horror Week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Iconic. We watched the 2005 movie this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. You Fell Asleep. No, I watched that whole thing. Oh, okay. I didn't fall asleep until we watched Deadpool after. Oh, I forgot we watched Deadpool. I always have to put on something happy after something scary. Oh, and it is... So did I, you like it, what you well, saw of Deadpool? I loved it. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Um, also, Amityville Horror was the first scary movie I ever saw. Ever? Yep. Oh my god. First one ever. I was going to watch it at a sleepover with my best friend, and... I got too scared to watch it at night, so I vetoed it, and then we watched it in the morning. <laughs> Guys, the sun burns away. It was away. the original one. Oh, the year okay. was that one. 1979. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it scared me. That's funny that you... So if this... The, the 2005 movie was the first horror movie I saw that made me cry. It wasn't the first one I saw. I think that what happened was this girl, because it was around that time... And I think she was like, I want to watch the original one because I want to go see it in movies. And that's just how that happened. And I didn't really have a say in it. It makes sense, honestly. (laughs) TBH. Um, Yeah, no, the first time I saw Amityville Horror, it was at one of my high school best friend's houses that I told you about this weekend. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Um, Became very close with this, like, very small group of friends in high school for like a very concentrated oh, I was in I was in fourth grade no yeah that, I'm did not I say t- that okay I don't think just you did. to reference honestly thank you for clarifying that yeah. I was in 11th grade okay yeah <laughs> there is clarify. a difference there um but it was so frightening at the time that 16 year old me had tears in my eyes like, I was terrified involuntary streaming down my face terrifying and I didn't watch the 1970 19- 79 Which is one. so much scarier. In See, all these I, little ways. In little ways. I think the production of the 2005 movie makes it a little I'm bit scarier. Because I can only relate to that Well, because you saw it when you were nine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. Terrifying. Um, the house itself, absolutely beautiful. Honestly. Also, kind of scary seen... with the windows. Well, the, they See, took... I'm just so scared of it. I can't even I have a fun Agreed. fact on here, but the, no, it is they beautiful. took the windows away. Yes, you yeah. told me that. Yeah. But that was one of those things when I was younger. I was like, oh, the house actually is Well, because it kind of looks like eyes. Yeah. And, I, and now every time I see houses, 
I do think that. It, it looks like an eye. <laughs> that was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... Like, pictures of the house are so beautiful. Honestly, anytime. Even now, with the windows gone, still gorgeous. Um, and yeah. So, let's get right on into it. Why don't we? Um, I started with facts about the house itself. Good segue. So, the house in Long Island. Amityville, Long Island. Also, oh, you know what? I actually want to start with something different. Also sounds like Amyville. Well, every time I write it, actually, I do <laughs> accidentally write that. It was very funny. But um, my sister, again, who I just visited, that's why I was in Long Island, uh, throwback to the seven minutes ago when I started this. Um, she lives there. And on Saturday, I decided to, while I was doing a little bit more research, I decided to text my family because my parents also got married in 1978 which was a year before the original movie came out. So, like, they're kind of, like, actual contemporaries of that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I remember when I was growing up, the topic would come up randomly just because, like, either, you know, the Amityville horror hoax came up or something like that. My mom was like, oh, my God, your father and I were only a year married when that came out. We went to go see it in theaters and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. I don't think anyone ever, (laughs) like, I knew nothing about it. Well... That's even more frightening. So, like, I was aware of it. I still, and I, I, ever saw I believe everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so did everybody else. So, like, while I was doing research on Saturday, because I was just there, and because I like to stir the pot with my family, I just texted, Does anyone have any thoughts about the Amityville horror? It's for research. Who <laughs> else like to stir the pot with their family? Who? The guy in the movie. What's oh, his name? what George? George, <laughs> big potster. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So my mom responds to that, to that text and goes, "It's scary." I read it a long time ago. She read it. Was it a book? Yes, and I'll tell you all about it in a minute. And then Molly goes, "The house is about five minutes from where you were last weekend, her friend's house. So that gorgeous house that I was, yeah, right on the water." Because it is right on the water. It's All on... of you knew you could have, like, really... I didn't know! ...done a look. And this is our, that this was, like, already in the works when I was visiting. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to Long Island. Oh, Amityville Horror. Because I always pass the exit when I'm going to Molly's house. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is my own fun fact. I was just basically there. Not really. But, so the house is on a street called Ocean Avenue. <laughs> Cue up yellow card. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Um, that doesn't I sound scary. It doesn't sound scary at all. So the address had to be changed from 112 Ocean Avenue to 108 Ocean Avenue to thwart the press and people seeking it out when the story came out in the 70s. Um, and then when we were watching the 2005 uh, remake, the address was changed to 412 Ocean Avenue. Remember when I noticed that? I was yes, like, yeah. literally, that is incorrect. I was like, you guys are They dumb. just did a little swoop on the one. <laughs> Made it a yeah. four, basically. Oh my god, so dumb. But yeah, so it had to be changed to basically deter, deter, deter anybody from seeking out the actual house because it was so such a like, disturbance to neighbors and like the people who ended up living there after the Lutzes. Um, so the Lutz family... Where the family in the movies and in the in the book that was published, who purchased the house after the DeFeo murders, um, and they bought the house for only, I say only, 
um, $88,000 only a year after the murders. So eighty eight. the average would have been for that house. So the $88,000 in 1974 would be the equivalent to about 541000 today. So a half a mil. Which is like kind of crazy like for nothing. like 1970. But for 1970 whatever. You know? 1974 I think I wonder if was. they got a... Well, you'll tell me. Did they get a discount? It was. It was discounted. But it was still out of... On the water. It was out of their price range. Remember that scene in the movie when, like, the wife and the and, and George... I always forget her name. Oh, yeah. The, in the movie, it was She like, has to, like, convince him to buy the house. Oh, I thought it was, like, kind of lesser of a price. 88000 So the Lutzes were only there for 28 days. Um... Basically, the couple who bought the house after the DeFeo murders was, I think her name's Kathy Lutz. I, like, did not write down her name at all because she wasn't very much affected by, like, what supposedly was going on in the house. Mm -hmm. But it was Kathy and George Lutz. Um, Kathy had, like, three or four kids from a a past marriage or, like, a past whatever. A past life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From a past life in the colonial times. Um... And the family bought the house, you know, as a unit to move into. Uh, they also had, like, a dog. All this. It was, like, picture-perfect, shiny family, holiday peppermint candy. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they move in. Uh, George is, like, immediately kind of affected by, like, an unseen presence. And I'll get into, like, what the family on a whole was experiencing. But, basically, he started... Wait, so this is... Not the, the Lutzes. This is the Lutzes, yeah. And they not the DeFeos. Wasn't it the DeFeos in the movie? No, the family that is in the movie primarily is the Lutzes. Wait, the way I never really knew their last name because they only ever say like that's what confused me. Sorry, guys, if I confused you, if you're paying attention. No, it's okay. I thought that their last name was DeFeos, but only because there is a DeFeo family. But I only. Oh my god, that was definitely Sorry, Nilla, no, but that, that was scared Nilla, the shit I know. out of me. But I only remember um, that last name, so I kind of just like assumed. Okay, well let me explain. Sorry. You're <laughs> like, okay. oh. no, my notes, I, I'm not as organized as you with my notes. I basically just put all of, this at least has sections, but more or less when I do research, guys, I just make bullet points and don't yeah, really. No. That was just me being dumb. Maybe we should cut that off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that, no. We're just like trying to get through it. Honestly, guys, if you come here for actual historical, you know, information, that's on you. Uh, we are funny and we are cool and we just yeah, like. It's called having a vodka. Yeah. We're not like having a, a PhD. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go seek your own... If you aren't here for entertainment purposes, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I don't think we should cut that out because, honestly, I don't blame you for being confused. But let me get back into going through my disorganized bullet points. And we're back. <laughs> um, okay, so the Amityville Horror book, which the Lutz family, who moved in and was only there for 28 days, published alongside the author Jay Anson, was released in 1977, and it's estimated that there have been 10 million copies sold. So it was a big cultural phenomenon because it was based on a true story. It was a true story. Mm -hmm. It was a retelling of their experience. And especially back then, and even still today, anything ever being said, true story, whatever, based off a true story, Mm -hmm. it sells. 
I should. If I, that's what is always the scariest part is like based off a true story, and then they're like, it's just yeah. the name and the location. <laughs> Amityville horror. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Lutz's lawyer William Weber later admitted that the whole story basically was a hoax. And is quoted saying, we created this horror story over many bottles of wine. It is a hoax. <laughs> I um, that productive. It's also very funny we because... We could write a scary story, though, I think. Oh, for sure. We, we just experienced one. Guys, <laughs> coming fucking... soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, Weber, that lawyer, fell out of touch with the Lutzes due to money issues. Which I think is very telling because even in the movie, I've seen both movies... I've never read the book, but like you can kind of tell that they just aren't, they don't, they don't manage their funds very well, which like that's coming from me. They're not so, that smart. They're just like, well, you know, usually people in scary movies are never like the brightest. Well, and I feel like if you dig a hole like this where you're like, this is a real story, this actually happened to us based on this horrible tragedy, um, you don't think things through very often. Mm-hmm. So that's just the same kind. It get, it gave me um, terrible vibes. You know what I'm saying? Um, I literally, I bullet pointed after that bullet point. I wish I had the mind to come up with horror stories after drinking. I would literally be a millionaire. Same. I feel like I could because my brain just is crazy full of scary stories already <laughs> just it's just ready to take something and scare the shit out of me oh my god um so two of the Lutz children so they are actual people I know I've already said that but like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they're not just characters in this in these two movies they are real people but two Lutz children Daniel and Christopher have said that as adults they've experienced supernatural phenomenon in the house they might not remember though I think they've gone back into the house, which is crazy because other people have owned it since then. How did they let these people back in? The way I do feel like, not to take away from anyone's story, but like I feel like especially if my family was committed to writing a horror story based off, like I, they would trick me. Like oh. they would, I would then think a lot of things happened that didn't mm-hmm. happen because you're just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And like kids already have such big imaginations. That oh, like, Yeah. If this is going on and, like, you're, like, 10 years old and your parents are, like, oh, my God. Feeding into it. Billy, we're writing a book on our experience in the yeah. animal house. Well, don't yeah. you remember and we're going to, like, take it up a notch. <laughs> don't you remember the giant pig face with red eyes that you saw <laughs> in the middle of the night? Um, yeah, that's kind of misleading. But, anyway, these kids also... Uh, these kids also... Hold on. <laughs> these kids, although also claiming most of what happens in the book is fictional blame their stepfather George for bringing anything into the house because he dabbled in the occult. So George Lutz was known for like kind of seeking out things of the occult. So like, you mm-hmm. know, like like I don't know, demons and shit. Like he would just he was a a, a I guess researcher, a casual researcher of scary yeah. shit. Well, that's so, kind of what they showed at least like in the original movie. They really right. show the people I mean, it didn't word it like that's what he did, but they did end up, once they lived there, start to research comparisons, or they found shit in the basement and started to research that. So apparently, so I like guess he was doing it... parallel. Uh, well, I guess, but he was doing it, like, otherwise, like, before that. So they just blame him in for, real like, life, yeah. seeking that out and bringing it, like, whatever happened, if something happened, into the house. 
Ew, hate it. I know, right? This is not us doing it, by the way, for the record. We are just telling facts. <laughs> well, yeah, no, honestly, nothing in these notes is even, like, close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the owners since the Lutzes of this house have not experienced or reported anything supernatural while living in the house. That's so crazy. that just tells you everything you need to know. I think that's also kind of crazy, too, because you know these people are being sought after. Oh, yeah. People want to ask them this. Oh, and they no could matter what. just say shit for the publicity or maybe the money and yep. just make shit up and the fact that yeah. nobody has. It could be Amityville Horror 2.0. It literally could. They could just be like, oh my god, yeah, I did see the giant pig face with red eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then they, they would could. sell a book deal immediately. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But they don't because nothing happened. So I just think that's kind of hilarious. And it kind of takes away, like, once you do watch this terrifying movie, honestly, mm-hmm. um you will come to find, oh yeah, it isn't real. And so it just kind of takes all that away. I really enjoy the movies now. <laughs> just because it's kind of like I a... still get very scared because well, I still like live in a roller coaster. Like, well, just me, you know me, I get so spooked. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to set the scene of our friendship, Meg is definitely, <laughs> I feel like you definitely get less spooked because you're more factual about things. And my imagination That's will just... so funny. Well, with scary things specifically. Yeah. Like, you're good at that. Like, well, you'll sit and watch and be like, okay, now I know. And like that... But I am just like, yeah, but what if like maybe it's still good? Well, I think what really... If I'm being very reflective and like introspective, I find a lot of... I find the horror genre very interesting because there's so much symbolism there. And I'm a symbolism bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why like... Even though I'm terrified of, like, I'm obviously fucking terrified of, like, possession oh, or, oh, like, yeah. anything like that, but those movies are Just the most... Just saying fa- we live in light and love. Oh, but, okay. okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine now, because I am sure of it. Yes. I get spooked. But you know what I mean. But I love ghosts. Okay. But, like, I think that's, like, the Catholic in me, where I'm like, okay, the symbolism is cool, and the English major, where I'm just like... There's well, so much super to be, English major there's so you. much to be analyzed here. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why I'm, that's what you meant by factual is what I'm well, like. Yeah. Well, logistical, you know, can separate yourself from the scariness a little bit. I do like it, which I, I do, find it fascinating. And I like it too, which is also why we are such a great team because you'll really like put it all in place when I get too scared. Mm-hmm. But that also brings me back to why I've always loved ghosts because you can't see them. <laughs> you can't see them, but other people can. <laughs> well, like but usually, that's true. but the um, what scares me most of the time when it comes to scary movies and things like this is the dramatization of it all and like yeah. gory shit and that's actually what scares me and then i hate well that's the thing about gory like stuff is terrifying serial killers and like actual people because i'm like that could be real mm, yeah well i couldn't sit through Dahmer. remember when Dahmer was the thing remember yes, when we started the, the same podcast? time i went to salem it was like the same era and i was like i was terrified and also the watcher which ended up being fucking boring at the end of the day <laughs> oh well i thought but that i was that so was afraid too, i was I... so afraid that i had to literally leave my well, the watcher i have strong opinions about maybe we'll do an episode of that because i actually do have a lot of opinions. we should do one on the on the actual story because i think that i do i have opinions is about scary it. but the netflix show was stupid well, anyway but okay. I, I can't dive into it because so, i have so many opinions let yes, me continue. let me take you out of this story even more and put it into more real life context that you will find interesting because you are a homeowner um, so a listing describes the house as a stately center hall colonial on Amityville River. Large boathouse plus two-car garage plus boat slip 
mint condition. <laughs> mint. <laughs> and then my bullet point below that is the value of the house. This is actually very fascinating. The value of the house has decreased a lot since 2010. 2010, it was listed for 95, no, nine, I, numbers are not my thing, guys. 950,000. Mm. There we go. 2016, it was listed for 850,000. In 26, uh, 2017, the house sold for 605000 That's such a small amount for a big, like, that well, much. That drop from eight hundred fifty to six hundred. dollars People won't buy it, I think, because of the story. No, also, but... Real, what year was the house built? Do we know? Oh, I think they say they say it in the movie. It's like, it's one of the oldest colonials. It's like okay, the, so that's the also pro- You know what, though? You can't really sell a house that old for, for that, that much price because, because the insides are deteriorating. Yeah, exactly. And it's still standing, which means it was built great, but like things just need to get replaced probably every single day. And you know what I realized while we were watching the movie is that I have no facts, facts, <laughs> in quotes. Um, I have nothing that actually tells the story of like what George Lutz thought he was seeing the whole time, supposedly. Like the whole like catch him and kill him thing, don't have that in here at all. Mm-hmm. So like the They didn't really write it. Well basically the story goes is that uh George Lutz and uh Charles I think his name is Charles Ronald. <laughs> Ronald Ronald <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> Ronald DeFeo both of them were having these delusions that um, in the basement of the house, there is like a hidden, basically there was like this whole sacrificial burial ground that the spirits were like driving people crazy who lived in the house, blah, blah, blah. All that shit. Well, all, just sorry, because I keep interrupting. No, I don't even have so any annoying. of that down. That was from but memory. <laughs> just to talk about homes and things like, I'll use proper terms, Native American burial grounds. I know. Well, My Marshfield home, that whole area is a Native American burial ground. Yes. And that's just like, like that's what it is. Because uh, it's Massachusetts and it's like yeah. Wampanoag Woods. The whole the street before it's called Pilgrim Trail. Yeah. So that's just, that is interesting. Well, so that my house wasn't haunted, but remember we said my mom thought that she saw something in the woods. I think you told that story on the podcast. I think so. So go stream I think all of our October one. episodes or that it, one too. It might be that one. But yeah, so like I don't have anything written down about that because I don't find that interesting because it is a hoax and it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's no point in... But that's like what... Like the house apparently was built in like the 1600s. It's still yeah. standing, so it's... It could have been built. It probably was still built on Native American burial or just... But you're right. Everywhere. But you're right, though. It's so much everywhere that we Combined with the age of the actual structure and what happened here and, like, the hoax that happened here. Nobody's buying it. No, I wouldn't even buy it. Knowing still it was also fake. But that was the last time. That was the last time it was sold. It was 2017, so it was six years ago. Um, And... At the time that the article that I got this information from was published, which was in 2020, Zillow listed the value at $663,877. So, the zest of it is that. Wow. That's it? Yeah. Okay, so the DeFeo murders. So, my main source on the information for all of this to come is from the New York Daily News. Uh, they have this very nice, you know, slideshow of uh, basically Ronald DeFeo going to trial. Um, so, the murders at the DeFeo house, which is the same house on Ocean Avenue, 
occurred on November 13th, 1974. Oh, right before my birthday. Uh, I know. Damn it. 23-year-old Ronald J. DeFeo Jr. shot his entire family while they were sleeping. So that were his two parents and his four siblings. So, like, I understand how a story can come out of this. So he was a kid that lived there. A kid. He was 23. But he was, like, the kid of the family. Like, in the family. Yeah. No. It wasn't the dad. It wasn't, like, a random person. Yeah. No. It was the son. Um, So after committing this crime. I should have got him out of the house. Well, I guess the story goes that really he didn't show any, like, actual signs of being crazy before but you know what, this guys back then nobody talked about mental health ever at all and really that's the whole premise of the story <laughs> that's the take that's the takeaway right there yeah mm-hmm. so after committing the crime De- uh, defeo ran to a nearby bar where he screamed for help claiming he did not know who shot his parents after being taken into custody he told local police he thought it was a mob hit what um both parents were shot twice. Each sibling shot once. All shots were fatal. So I think, I didn't write it down, but I think both parents were, everybody was asleep. So they just stayed in the position that they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the parents were both shot in the head, but before they were shot in the head, they were shot in the stomach or the back. Like, however they were sleeping. So, like, he really wanted his parents dead. It's amazing that everybody was still asleep. With the gunshots. gunshots. Yeah, I know. After an interview with Ronald exposed some inconsistencies in his story, Mm -hmm. he eventually confessed to the murders. (laughs) So basically, they caught him in a lie. Yeah. And the cops were like, you're lying. And he was like, I am. Um, He reportedly told detectives, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Yikes. Ronald also later admitted that he took a bath and got dressed after committing the crime before running to the local bar and hid the gun and his bloody clothes. Um, initially until a hearing on November 15th, 1974. Oh, damn it. I know. I know. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> he was held. It's with... <laughs> always in November. Like November is very spooky, guys. Spooky season does not end until literally February. <laughs> and then it starts again in June. Um, okay, so initially until a hearing on November November 15th, 1974, he was held without bail on only one count of second-degree murder. So, like, that was his charge until his trial, not his, mm-hmm. the hearing. His trial began nearly a year later, where his lawyer claimed that DeFeo was insane and killed his family in self-defense from the voices that he heard in his head. Again, not in the basement, <laughs> not from the house. Um, on November As 20th. brains do. I know, yeah. To be fair, I'm not shaming houses. <laughs> not shaming houses or people with schizophrenia or anything like that. Again, it was no. a different, it was a completely different time. There wasn't enough structure to, like, support somebody who, and I don't. Well, you know what the sad part is? Well, there's so much sad parts. There's so but, many sad But, like, part of it this. is, like. Usually when we talk about these things, it's like medical, mm-hmm. you know, medicine or technology hasn't come that far. But really back then, people just rejected completely mental health and all of the other any things sort that of, came out any of Any sort of like psychological. So like, that's the sad part is like, really, if we just, it took us, I feel like mental health and all of that is so still this year. Like every, like, there is such not a even five still. years ago. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just, so I'm not trying to like be 
shameful when I say. Oh no, it's you're you're not crazy. We're just telling facts. But definitely of the time in the story. If anything, there were warning signs. Nobody picked up on them, or he just didn't say anything, or he said stuff and people ignored him. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's quite it's quite tragic. It's a huge tragedy actually, um, both on his part and everybody else. Uh, but basically. On November 21st, 1975, DeFeo was found on, found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder, and a few, uh, few weeks later, he was sentenced to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. So he is still currently held in the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York. He has tried to file motions to go back to court, but they've all been denied. So it's been over 25 years. He is like... Um, I would know because that was my birthday. Well, he was 23 <laughs> in 1974, so that makes him 1951. How old does that make him? Shall I pull up my calculator? Uh, he's in his 70s. Yeah, 72. See, age math is the only math I can do. <laughs> At least you can do math. My my parents are the benchmarks that I have. So my dad was 55. Anything beyond that? 50 years. Yeah. But, I mean, like, kind of going back to what we just said about, you know, insanity. I mean, like, could he be reformed now? Do we know? Is he getting the help that he needs now? Well, what that's is- a whole other deep dive of, like, do, wherever he's being held, are they helping him? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't really know much about the prison system. I've never been. But. Oh, yet. <laughs> well, but, you know. I actually really just in general didn't know anything about it except for what they show on like the media and it is the fact so that there are sad. there but there's prisons that are so much extremely nicer. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, uh, some of them are almost like Actual. nice rehabilitation centers. Too. Exactly. Yeah. And then some are off. Like well, there's so, a difference between the whole point of prison is to rehabilitate and put you basically back into society eventually. Mm-hmm. That's the entire goal theoretically. Do I think that the prison industrial complex does that at all? No. Um, so, is he being helped? That's a great philosophical question. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. We'll never know um, unless we do eventually. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we could do an episode, just a thought. Um, if we even find somebody and research them who has been to prison and rehabilitated... Have you ever seen stories. what's the movie that's like amazing? Just thinking of OJ right now. I don't know why. Who? OJ. <laughs> oh, OJ. Well, I, don't, I have complicated feelings about OJ. Well, no, but that would be an interesting person to see if he's spoken out about. I don't know. Just to deep dive into more of the brain of it all. It would be a very. Oh interesting no, I'm very anti OJ. I'm just okay. more thinking of someone who's murdered somebody, <laughs> yeah. who's been through jail, and maybe but could... T- he's probably talked about his experience in see, jail. This I, is why I think you would actually like philosophy if you went back to school. Well, I... No. <laughs> I guess if you guys don't know, I took a one... I had to take one philosophy class, and I, I always it. have thought but I That's a it. very interesting I had a really, question. really bad teacher, and the teacher hated me. I think that's a they very interesting They said everything question. that I said was wrong, and it's philosophy. That in itself could be philosophical. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop. Well, <laughs> I find that when people in that world don't like me, it's usually because I challenge them. Mm. No, but just like the, that's the only celebrity I can think of that's like literally modern day people would know went to jail for murder. Or I, I mean, didn't deep dive into him, but. I feel like you could also And it's really... probably spoken about his jail experience. Well, yeah, he wrote that whole book. I didn't read it. 
I didn't read it either, but he did. Mm-hmm. But he can't even be tried for the same shit. But I mean, he went back to prison. We talked a little bit about Billy McFarlane, too, and his prison oh, experiences. Oh, my God. Well, Matt's a little bit more attainable. I feel like we could ask him. <laughs> He's also kind of crazy. No, I know. Different I'm ways. just thinking, you know me. I'm just yeah. thinking, like, but those are the only insights I've heard of. Mm. of really people talking about prison and like being like oh well yeah i was in prison but like not that bad and like have you ever seen orange is the new black no i haven't oh my god should i start watching it yeah yeah i heard it's great because it really does give you a good i mean obviously well okay so that actually is based off of somebody's memoir so it was based off of an actual human experience instead of this um honestly i didn't finish the series because i got bored but the first three seasons are amazing. and But, like, that's where it stops being, like, actually her experience. Like, that's where it starts being, like, more of a show. More of a show. Yeah. But it's an amazing insight into prison when <laughs> you're a white woman. Because yeah. you see all of the absolute discrepancies in between how she's treated and how everyone else is treated. Yeah. There's a trans I have woman such in a it. fear of prison. And I think just me as a person, I become very interested in things I have fears of mm. i love that for you that's very yeah it's, it's not very bad. curious thank you can someone go tell my <laughs> philosophy teacher in 2015 <laughs> that i wasn't a piece of shit and grade me wrong oh that's sad uh, see well that's okay. why i didn't it's not that i didn't like it i literally he just like gave me bad grades on everything and i was like what's the point in trying yeah now I'm thinking everything's philosophical. That's very philosophical. Okay. That's how we I gotta felt. That's <laughs> why it's like you don't like philosophy. I didn't like the teacher. Ugh. Okay. Back to the Lutz family. <laughs> These big hoaxers. Okay. The Lutz family and the time at the house. Um, this is from an article called, from Fascinate.com. Very reliable source. Creepy facts about the Amityville horror. So George was said to have dabbled in the occult and also typically woke up at 3.15 every morning in the house. So that's in the movie. You know, you see like the alarm clock strike 3.15 and he mm-hmm. wakes up. But apparently he just woke up every day at that time. Okay, so waking up at 3.15 or just 3 in the morning is so normal. And I feel like in the world of spooky things, it's always like, oh, I woke up at this time. But like everybody does well, all the time, spooky or not. You know what? But this is also, this is where my analytical side of my brain when it comes to spooky stuff does turn off because guys, I do not look at my phone when I wake you up. You don't. In the middle You're of the night. so good If it is that. dark and when I open my eyes, I will not look at my phone. I will just continue throughout. Like, for example, this morning, Malcolm, my cat, uh, did throw up on our bed. <laughs> you know, what was sad too is I sent a really cute snap of, Nilla finally hopped onto <laughs> my bed. She finally hopped onto my bed. Like it was like you know seven thirty in the morning. I did feel bad. And I then I sent it. Meg just went back with Malcolm threw up on my bed. <laughs> but like the whole point I bring that up is that it was still dark outside when I woke up and I heard that terrible sound of a cat vomiting, and I just took my phone and my water bottle and went out into the living room. Kyle was still asleep, fully. Didn't wake up. I didn't care. I went out and I slept on the couch for the rest of the night after cleaning everything up. I don't look at my phone under any circumstances. I'm like, Kyle didn't even no. wake up when you cl- were cleaning it? I was spraying everything. Yeah, no. No wonder you thought he was faking it. Exactly. Like, Hello. I did. I told Amy that story before we recorded and I was like, I have a theory where he was just fake. And I said that to him 
today. I was like, I thought you were faking. He probably was. No, he was very surprised when I told him this morning. He was like, oh my god, really? Well, he didn't ever open his eyes to really look. He was snoring. He can't fake snore. He smiles. <laughs> you know? when you, I reject when you that. <laughs> the way I'm like, no. <laughs> nope. One time Kyle's cat threw up. And I then took oh, care of it Salem. too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he had that whole summer where he was every day. Mm-hmm. The whole house. Yep. Then, yeah. He threw up on like the carpet. And I texted you guys. It was then. It was like 4. Because I was sleeping on the couch. He threw up like it's on the carpet a.m. And it was. And I was just like. I just felt the need to text you. And be like. Just, you know, we just vomited. <laughs> well, and I also I, didn't. <laughs> well. It I wasn't was like, your cat. It's not my cat. It's not my couch. But then I cuddled him. And I think that that's more important. Yeah. No. Salem was going through it that summer. That's for sure. That is absolutely for certain. But at the same time, this kind of like you know solidifies my theory, guys. Don't look at your phone. I don't phone. think we've talked about Emily Lahore for like the past thirty minutes. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't even like worry about looking at your phone if you have an animal, because usually they're like nocturnal. Or there's another word I learned for it also, because cats are most active during dawn and dusk, so and there's a word else. for it, and I can't remember what it is. It starts with a C. Uh, I think it's like... So are bunnies. Bunnies are active during dawn and dusk. So like if your animal, if it's a cat or a rabbit, throws up or just anything when it's still dark outside, um, you don't need to look at your phone. Mm-hmm. So no demons here. There was one time when I... <laughs> this wasn't a while ago. Nilla sleeps in her cage at night though because she hasn't been neutered yet and I just don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. She probably would be fine, but I'm just kind of waiting because I don't want her to form habits. But, um, like, bad ones, Avi. Yeah. <laughs> Not the good ones. <laughs> I don't want her to form any habits. <laughs> but, um... None. No habits for my rabbit. It was one night when I was awake, like, really, like, all night. Like, I just... I woke up at, like, probably 2 a.m. and I couldn't fall back asleep. Story of my and, life. Yeah. And so I eventually, around, like, 4 a.m., I was like, I'll let her out. Because I usually let her out. And I... Actually, I've been waking up earlier. I've honestly been waking up like 6.45 every morning now. So my like first seven. alarm goes off. So usually right when I wake up, I get her. So I was like, whatever, four. What's the difference? <laughs> I was like, I'm already awake, so I'll let her run around. And so, but she went absolutely nuts. Like nuts. She, That's when she like hopped on, shit fell over. Yep. At one point, I was like, you went crazy at 5 a.m. <laughs> so no more. Yeah. I do get nervous, but. Let's talk about Noah. Let's talk. Okay. Sorry. Okay. That yeah, was for all of us who needed a little bit of a break. <laughs> a little bit of a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so George was said to have dabbled in the occult and also <laughs> typically woke up at 3.15 every morning. Just like our pets. <laughs> around the same time that Ronald DeFeo carried out the murders. So that's the whole point of that. But now that I'm reading that back, why was a bar open at quarter after three? <laughs> In the 70s? Even then, I feel like the laws were like, you're shutting at 1 a.m. You know what I mean? At least 2 a.m. Um, I don't know. I wasn't alive then. So maybe, maybe he was just outside of a bar. Maybe he woke up when they... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I was about to... He didn't wake up. He was already awake. Just kidding. I'm gonna Also, but then who would have also been there at 3? If it was still open, who would have been there? I just the locals just... Chilling. Maybe he he probably you know what it was probably closed or they were wrapping up like it was already closed. Maybe because if it closed, I wanted to, they could still be there and he just ran. Yeah, like in. the employees. Maybe one of my favorite memories <laughs> working in a bar slash restaurant was like after we had closed, and I was so young. I was like sixteen, and I felt like I was hanging out with all the cool kids. 
That's a complete oh, same. other story. No, I mean, well, I didn't, my restaurant closed at eight. We were done cleaning by nine, but I would hang there. We would, I was there well, all of us hung out there. Like, it was, our, it was like the spot to hang. I felt so cool because I was like, I just got my license and I can drive myself home and I'm hanging out with all the cool people who are like in their 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we literally would hang out. We would smoke weed there. Oh my God. I didn't smoke weed. My boss didn't really care. But one time he did yell at one of the boys and was like, you can't smoke inside. <laughs> that makes sense. But honestly. they wouldn't yell at me because they were like, we don't do things. And it wasn't really yelling. It was like, hey. I let you do everything. <laughs> you know. Smoke out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. It was like that energy. Not over the grease. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the paranormal activity reported in the house by the Lutz family when they were living there. They would smell weird odors. As we do. <laughs> they saw green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes of doors. Which in the 1979 movie was blood coming from the walls. Which was so scary. I know. Well, that's like what I get to it kind of a little bit later, but that's one of the most memorable and most terrifying things of like what the audience would report Mm -hmm. in the 70s when the movie came out was the blood coming from the walls. Um, They would experience cold spots throughout the house, which if you remember from the movie that we watched the other day, Ryan Reynolds was like, are you cold? Constantly. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, no. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Um, That's not as scary as the blood, though. Oh, no, definitely not. Well, there was... Like, ever. There was the goriness. There was a lot of blood. The goriness of it all. Yeah. Um, An invisible force knocking a knife down in the kitchen. A pig-like creature staring George and Daniel the sun. Down from a window. <laughs> I didn't really write that very well, but you know what I mean. Um, George waking up to his wife, Kathy, levitating off the bed. Terrifying. I had a dream. I remember. That that happened. But I was also like, my thing is too, my problem is, is I get so scared. And like by default, a lot of the time when I do wake up in the middle of the night, my brain goes to every scary thing I ever, ever thought about. And I think that's pretty common though. Time. It, it happens all the time. And everything is always fine, but then I had a dream. I was like up all night, and then I kind of had like one of those like sleep paralysis dreams, and Steve was like, that. but then I woke up and I realized that I was like sleeping a different way, so I justified it. Like we were all asleep, like it wasn't like yeah, if it had happened, I was like in a different position. He had like a different shirt on, so mm. I was like, that didn't really happen. That goes back to our conversation the other day with Tim and Danny about lucid mm-hmm. dreams. Oh. We're going to do an episode on that. Um, So along with George seeing Kathy levitate off the bed, uh, Daniel and Christopher both reported levitating off their beds. So that's pretty weird. But again, they I don't know. I don't want to take away, like, their experiences, but they were children. Like, again, what we said earlier, like, maybe they were influenced by their Well, do you think that your parents are going to sell a story... I don't, all I know yeah. is, all I know is everything my parents have ever said to me, I've believed, which is <laughs> not a good thing. Honestly, same. I'm working through that now. <laughs> same, same here. Okay. Um, George and Kathy both passed lie detector tests when subjected to them after reporting the paranormal happenings. Oh so God. they, they both, say that that's not real. 
Well, now, but like back then, like in the seventies, that was like, like taken as Bible. Like even like two years ago, I know. And now they're like, well, it's just your heart, right? Well, isn't it like, um, is it Vanity Fair that does the celebrity interviews where they do? Mm-hmm. Li- I love those. I love those so much. I would never pass a lie detector test because no, my well, I would heart, just get anxious before I even went. Exactly, my heart is constantly beating at like a million miles an hour. Honestly, okay. When a priest came to bless the house, he allegedly heard a voice scream, get out, and he told the Lutzes to never sleep in that particular room in the house. That's also in the original movie. That is. That whole scene in the whole original movie is so scary. That and the blood are like the top two memorable scenes. Because there's the bees. No, they're flies. Whatever. (laughs) They're bugs. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Okay. So I watched this really fun uh, YouTube video, and it was fun because the, the creator... Barge. I know. I didn't want to stop you, but I saw it. I love it. Oh, it's a big one. No, it's not. It's very small, actually. Um, the creator had a very fun way of kind of laying out all of the information. Like, he really did, like, make a script and, like, had, you know, his little scenes by himself where he just said his little comments. I thought it was very funny. Um, but the video, if you guys want to look it up, honestly, I will... I'm going to be the first one to say I'm plagiarizing. I took a lot of what he said verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, love you, uh, love you, Minty Comedic Arts um, <laughs> on YouTube. Ten things you didn't know about Amityville in 1979. So look that up. Or listen to us. Um, in total, there are 22 Amityville movies, all spurred from the success of the first film or book, film and book, which does include the 2005 remake of the 1975 film, 1979. I keep... Guys, Matt... about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> guys, not to bring up Taylor Swift, <laughs> but how many Maddie of you had a bet that we couldn't bring up Taylor Swift? Maddie Healy is on the brain. Um, 19, mm, 1979 film, but also includes a lot of crap movies like that take the premise of this and run with it. And a lot of them are direct-to-video releases and are like super bad like very bad the late 70s were an iconic uh, i'm really struggling right now <laughs> okay the late 70s you said you'd be a different person by the time you got to the end and of did journey. i lie <laughs> <laughs> and did i lie um the late 70s were an iconic time for supernatural thrillers guys come with me on this journey okay think poltergeist think the shining think the omen the Exorcist, etc. Like a lot of those movies were very popular in the late 70s. Many of these film sets are now known for the supernatural happenings that took place during filming. Some of the most notable and frightening happenings on set of The Omen and The Exorcist, those are the most like known sets where like stuff went down mm-hmm. during the filming. I've heard of that. Not too deep dive into it's it. It's literally, but. it's why I still haven't watched um, both of those movies to this day. I still have not, like... You know I won't. I draw, Meg won't watch it. I won't watch guys, it. Guys, I draw a line. I really do. I talked to Big Game earlier with the symbolism stuff, but like The Omen and The Exorcist. Oh, I won't. Nope, nope. No. Nope, like, no. I literally, when I say, so Megan and I have a joke, even though it's like <laughs> so dead serious, but like... I will only watch scary movies with her and only for having, like, a sleepover. And, like, there have been times years prior where 
Meg's sleeping with her boyfriend, doesn't matter. I'm pulling my mattress in. I'm sleeping <laughs> on the floor. We watch something spooky, and you know what? It has happened. And it's part of the rules. Listen we, to that fucking... It's that boat over there. I know. You know what? It's crazy how water, like... Carries sound. Really is insane. It is. We hear festivals down the street, and sometimes they, it, they, it comes in waves, the sound. It'll get really quiet and super loud. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But yeah, that is a very common occurrence, honestly. that The first time that happened was with Paranormal Activity, was it not? Also, shout out to Kyle for never making that weird. <laughs> Just being like, all right, Amy, am I bringing in the air mattress? Nothing's going to stop yes. that man from sleeping, honestly. <laughs> no. Yeah, not Malcolm throwing up, not you sleeping in our room. <laughs> Guys, I did sleep on the air mattress on the floor. I just want to clarify because <laughs> I do know how it always looks. Because I can't share a bed with anybody. <laughs> Including my boy. No, I'm kidding. Why do you share a bed with my boyfriend? Until 4 a.m. Subject when our to cat change. Grows up. Yeah. Um, so well, I have another room. Both of those, I know, both of those uh, movies, The Omen and The Exorcist, do include, like, what happened on the sets include deaths of crew members. So that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's also something that you don't really hear about now. It's a weird coincidence. Yeah, right? But people, like, don't talk about shit. Like, even a scary movie, though, like, people still won't because they want they want you to be scared, but they don't want you to be so scared you won't see it. Well, exactly. Think of the house devaluing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the films, all of those films that I mentioned, but also, again, mainly the latter two, have reputations of being cursed for this reason. Um, while it's legit and probably shouldn't be fucked with... Um, that made crew and cast really excited about Amityville Horror 1979 because they thought with this subject matter, they would reach the same level of notoriety and get on the cursed bandwagon. And because of such much speculation, oh, no, sorry, and cause as much speculation and conversation as the other films. And because of this, the studio resorted to making up stories in order to drum up public interest. So the actors playing George and Kathy uh, were encouraged to make up stories when doing press junkets for the promotion of the theatrical release of this film. But um, James Brolin, who played George, ended up doing an interview alongside the Lutzes and said, I can't say that because I believe the book as it... No. Fuck. I can't say that I believe the book as it's presented totally. In the footage of this particular interview, George Lutz himself, like actual George Lutz, is leaning forward and looking at Berlin like, the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. literally, like, what did you just say? (laughs) Um, And then Marco Kittler, who was Lois Lane in the original Superman, so that's what, like, kind of skyrocketed her into being famous Mm -hmm. um and what she's really most well like well known for guys 10 percent, 10 percent beer at the end of the day (laughs) can't fucking talk it's all good um but she 10 percent like alcohol she's spirits right not beer i don't know anything in a can to me i know beer (laughs) until it's tequila (laughs) until it's proven otherwise (laughs) i think it's tequila or, or vodka at least it's a spirit. Those You're are right. spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, whatever. 10% Speaking alcohol. Of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, so Guys, it's spooky summer. I'm drinking 10% spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she was most well known at the time and honestly still now for playing Lois Lane in Superman, like the original Superman. Um, and later, like years later, said the producers of Amityville Horror told us that we should say all these terrible things that happen on set. It was all bullshit. Nothing happened. But it was funny. <laughs> so that tells you everything you need to know. Um, the author of the book also writ wrote a original screenplay for the movie before the book. Mm-hmm. So that predated the book. Um, it was never greenlit. So hence why the book came out alongside the Lutzes. Like the true story of Amityville Horror. Um, the movie itself was originally meant for the small screen and was meant to be a made-for-TV movie on CBS. So that's kind of mind-blowing, honestly. The fact yeah. that it was meant to be originally like a small screen, literally just like direct-to-TV release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like probably the... I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head what production company took hold of it, but whatever production company did end up releasing it probably saw the script and was like, we can make this a fucking phenomenon. Yeah. Took it and ran with it. So James Rowland, like I said, who ended up playing George Lutz in the original 1979 film, was cast before the script was finished based on past acting work that he did. Rather than read an unfinished script, he chose to read the book itself. He was so engrossed in the book that he was up reading it until 2 a.m. When a pair of pants he had on a chair suddenly fell to the floor and scared the shit out of him. <laughs> as happens. <laughs> so he took that as a sign to sign on officially and join the project, which is really funny. So, like, I'm assuming his agent probably, you know, gave him the script, but it was unfinished. He was like, fuck the script. It's not finished. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the book. That came out like a year prior and then got so like spooked that he was like, it's a sign and then signed on. So (laughs) the house in the 1979 film is not the same house that it is in Amityville, New York. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a pretty good dupe. The town of Amityville did not want the movie to be made there because they were really annoyed already. They were really pissed off they did not want any more bad press so um they banned the crew from doing any filming in the area like completely banned good for them honestly like good for them right the production instead found a house in new jersey many people who saw the movie did not pick up on this because the exterior alterations production made on the house were so convincing and the interior shots were obviously mainly shot on a soundstage at MGM Studios. So it was like very well, you know, concealed on the interior shots. But the exterior was so well like crafted that nobody really knew. So people still did seek out the Long Island house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score for this film is really iconic in horror it was composed by the same person who did the Mission Impossible theme. Um, in parentheses, I say check name. I don't know his name. So research 
fall flat, whatever. Um, shout out to that guy. However, the scene where uh, Kathy's mom, no. I wrote, however, the scene where what's-her-face, the mom, looks out the window and sees red eyes of the pig demon, Kathy, um, uses the theme of the slasher flick Psycho. So apparently a bunch of films in the 60s and 70s reused that theme a lot because it was such like a signifier of just like terror. Mm. Um, but that's now a big critique in like the film sphere of like that sort of time period because it's not like an original thought. It's not an original sound mm -hmm. because it was used in Psycho originally. But like it was such a cultural like phenomenon at the time that like eh, 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 that sound. Mm -hmm. Never listen to that back, honestly. Terrible rendition on my part. Yeah. Well, you could just listen to my neighbors. <laughs> Yeah, with their saw. Yeah, their saw. So. Their saw five. <laughs> um, the cinematographer had a severe phobia of insects that made the fly scene with the priest extremely difficult to film. Also, the priest had honey rubbed on his head to attract the flies and encourage them to stay on his face and his head. That's even more disturbing, yeah. I think. I knew that you would have that back weirder. <laughs> out of all of them combined. Uh, the guy who played George, again, James Brolin, clearly I didn't really write all of these bullet points in order, had trouble finding work after the movie came out because he played the part of a scary, abusive husband so well, in fact, that the public perception of him completely plummeted. Well, you know who didn't have that problem? Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but James Brolin did screen test for Bond after the movie came out, but didn't end up getting it because people were so convinced that he was such an asshole. <laughs> Basically, um, the movie made over $86 million at the box office and was made for $4.6 That was the budget. So that's like a, I don't know math, but like 60 times, probably not, but like a huge surplus, mm -hmm. like a big profit. Um, and had the second highest opening of 1979, beat out only... By another Bond movie, predating James Rollins, you know, what's the word? Screen test. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, it remained the most successful independent movie of all time until 1999 when it was replaced by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And, um... The only other bullet point I have is what you made me write down while we were watching the movie, which is Taylor Swift comparison. Damn, I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I don't either. Was it haunted? It probably had everything to do with Ryan Reynolds and like a Maddie Healy deep dive. I think so too, but I can't like, remember what it is. It just says Taylor Swift comparison. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh, give me another edible. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. That's our deep dive on Amityville Horror, guys. I know I really didn't write much of what, like, what the subtext is to, like, what apparently got um, Ronald DeFeo into trouble, quote-unquote. But, like, I don't think that's the most interesting 
part of the story. I think the most interesting part of the story is just the legend that the hoax created. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. very much, it's very sad that a whole family had to suffer and, like, um, well, I don't want to say had to pass away at all because they didn't. They're innocent people. But, like, at the same time, it's sad that, like, it's riding the coattails of that tragedy. You yeah. Know? No, it's, yeah, it's bad. It, it, it overcasts the actual problems. Yeah, exactly. In the real lives of those people. Who were affected. Mm -hmm. And the entire community is still... That's actually really, really sad. Out of all the scary stories you hear that are, like, kind of based on truth and then, like, not, like, it really does, like, take advantage of that one family that just never gets to have their story told because they lived a real-life tragedy and they probably yeah. would look at this movie and be like, I wish. Yeah, like, I wish I actually had a life that I could go out and live and... Yeah. yeah. You know, they're just like, they have this whole made up tragedy basically around their family. And there's really not a lot of information out there, speaking of like the overshadowing um, of like their family members, of who, the people who are still affected by this, like the people who are still living in like. I, or they probably didn't, but I hope they at least got some type of reimbursement for anything. I Is hope their so. Name being used. With 22 like iterations of this franchise, that's insane. Mm -hmm. I hope they got something. Because they deserve it. Yeah. They deserve something. They deserve more than something. Yeah. Justice. <laughs> well, you know, it is sad. Like, it's... People suck. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm clearly in a mood because my neighbors suck. But I am just like... It just... It is sad because people take advantage of situations. For pure profit. Pure honestly. profit. And Especially... That's, and that's all that this movie is. Well, that was like the beginning of... The film franchise just really not giving a fuck about actual people and how and how well, they it wasn't like them. social media that like now like people can like vocalize more so they get nervous people will come for them. Well, exactly. I don't think a film like this would have been, or even a book like this would have been published back in the day. Or no, now, I, now, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because people would have made too much noise to bury. Mm -hmm. Which I think is very positive. I think that's the positive change that had to happen in order to stop, you know, exploiting people for profit. Mm -hmm. At least in this sphere. I mean, people are exploited for profit every day. But, mm -hmm. yeah, guys. So that is the Amityville Horror Hoax. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap this up before it gets loud again. Before it gets... <laughs> the cursed episode, if anything. Alrighty, I'm nervous. I'm nervous it's gonna start again. Honestly. All right, truthfully, thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Follow us. Uh, follow us everywhere. It's at having a vodka on Instagram. It is email us having a vodka pod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, like, rate, summer. review, subscribe, like, re re review, <laughs> like, review, rate. like, rate, rate review, review, subscribe, subscribe. And, and enjoy the rest of your vodka like I did. Yep. Cheers, guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.